I'm Russ Bowerman, and you're listening to Grandiose Bullshit on CastBox. Prepare to get aroused. Part 1, The Legend of Smokehouse, is revealed. This is Russell Bowerman, and you're listening to CastBox. I feel like we want to say? I think it's a species. I really want to do a Corona version, but we, we haven't got there yet. You know, we could start. We can add into it. No, yeah. But I think I think right now, the best thing to do is a trip down memory lane. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like this is what's needed. Yeah. I feel like for people to better understand the struggle that I've faced, mm-hmm. I should talk about my fuck When up. you say struggles, don't make it sound like, you know, oh, I mean, you're, the you're born out of wedlock. No, 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 no. <laughs> you no. know, born into a crime Clearly, day. you're going to hear... You're going to hear things today where you're going to be like, this is probably the dumbest son of a bitch I've ever met in my life. But, but you haven't met me yet. But if you've ever been on my side of the page, I think you'll realize the system's broke, man. Like this whole probation thing, it's fucked either way. Like I'm a, I'm a person who fucked myself by making my own decisions. But there's people out there right now that are just get like, I mean, Meek Mills, dog. Yeah. Boys get fucked on the papers, dog. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, it took all these rich people, to be like, damn. Are you the white meat bill? Is that what you're trying to do? Oh, God, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, I don't have a Robert Kraft friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't have Robert Kraft or the guy that owns Fanatics. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, those aren't my homeboys. That would be tight, though. Um, Pete's Pistol Shop is going to be your sponsor. <laughs> straight up, dude. It's actually a, a Carter's country in Pasadena. Yeah, that shit's redneck of the motherfucker. But always, when you buy a sixer from the store, you always put, as soon as you get home, you put the first two beers in the freezer so this is, yeah. and let them post for five minutes. So this is something that I'm learning about because I've never seen this before. My, my instinct is as soon as you buy beer, drink beer. Well, here's my catch. You're right. But sometimes, the f- like, the refrigerator beers at the corner stores are not really cold. So I don't usually, like, it depends on my mood, but I usually can't enjoy that first beer unless it's kind of crispy. You know what I mean? Like, does it throw off the rest of your drinking if you don't get that feeling? No. Okay. There's sometimes I just want to get blindly drunk. <laughs> I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I'm shotgunning the first one. But, um. Oh, man. We've all had those nights. Yeah. But no, yeah. I usually like putting, but I, I like doing the freezer beer before. The freezer beer is the shower beer. Okay. So I'll leave, a, I'll leave a beer in the freezer like 10 minutes. Okay. Take that in the shower because I'm running straight hot water on that ass. Mm-hmm. And I want to drink that cold beer. It's fucking, if you've never had a shower beer, it will change your fucking life. I... But don't ever do glass. I like, I mean, let me, let me get across that. Here, hold on. <laughs> well, unless you have a responsible note. I'm not a responsible person. I'm not, my fat ass knocks shampoo bottles off the shelf all the time. So I would want to bleed out in my own shower. Because that, that would be a thing if I was drinking glass bottles. So I only drink 16 ounce tall boys. Okay. Crispies in the fucking shower, boys. Crispies in the shower. Crispies yeah. in the shower, man. That should be on a t-shirt. I ain't flexing. I'm just texting. I saw that on a t-shirt today. I was like, oh, that's nice. But anyways, so you know, we're going off subject already. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's so the nature like, of this program, though. Well, yeah, it which is. Which I'm completely fine with. I think what I wanted to get into more was the way we wanted to start this episode was, you know, obviously this is an audio podcast, but uh, the way this episode started was, you know, we were talking obviously about coronavirus. If we were to go out, you know, how would we want to be remembered and you know just leaving all the, the all the things that you've left behind for sure and so russ was talking about if he goes out there is a specific there's one of two photos that he wants out there of him and 
If there's a way to link the photo so you guys can get a visual gut of what we're talking about, we'll put it on there. But we'll have to hit up our social media yeah. guy. He's a fucking drunk. So, <laughs> so the way we got into this was apparently where Russ got. I, 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 Russell became Russ. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The origin story. So there's know? so the actually we found out too is it's actually probably now this is the only picture because Katie told me like when you delete oh, that the other picture, doesn't she make well. I can't remember who took the photo. Uh, I think it's a bitch-ass guy I don't talk to no more. Um, but then they had tagged me in it, you know, through the Facebook. I, sh- I saved it, but I don't have Facebook anymore. So Katie's like, yeah, once you deleted that, you lost that photo forever. So shout-out to Mark Zuckerberg, man. Like, pull a string, dog. I'm looking for a photo, man. But I don't want to count again. I just want, the, so, I want my photos back, dude. So, anyway, so, so this is now the only picture we could really use. Or I, I guess I could recreate the picture. Well, no. I think it ruins the moment because this picture is the start of our story uh, so there's yeah. two photos that exist out there one of them the one that we're going to reference here is and i'll let russ start the story but this it's looking at the photo it is fucking glorious this photo we were talking about is essentially i mean technically i don't know i'm on the verge of let's let's go back to the 2004 <laughs> you know what i mean let's fucking bring in the Let's set the mood for 2004. It's May 2004. Yeah, it's May 2004. I'm We're 17, about to be 18, high school, senior, you know, most problems. Bush v. Carey. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was selling drugs. We'll just get right to that, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I was. No, I was. Like, at this time, too, like, my parents weren't talking to me because my dad was, like, not liking how I was running my life. But, you know, that's another story for a therapist. But anyways, so, yeah. Um, prom night, I'm so fucked up that I'm not going to go to prom. Because to me, I don't know, I wasn't one of those guys. But now looking back at it, I wish I did. Because then I'm thinking, if I was at prom, would I would have got arrested. But I don't try to think of the past too much anymore. But it makes me think every once in a while. So anyways, no, but I pitched in one of six people on a beach house for the prom party. Surfside, Texas. Blah, blah, blah. Never actually been there myself up to this point so I feel like the fact I went somewhere I didn't know this is why this happened but yeah your boy gets pulled over and long story short gets searched they find about 90 tranquilizers I think they were tetrazones I could be wrong on the name I can't remember now and then about a half ounce of cocaine <laughs> now theoretically it was more than a half ounce when we got in the car but when we when the lights got lit up, it was me, this guy, we'll call him Daniel, and this other dude, we'll call him RJ. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's actually the real name. So we're not trying to <laughs> you can't say that. Why didn't say last name? Right? I mean there's a million Daniels. But we me and me and Daniel just start eating cocaine baggies. Cause we're like, fuck it. Well, no, no. Well, no. It's like, well, the first reaction, cause this has happened before. I've actually swallowed a forty baggie when me and my buddy got pulled over when I was in high school, and the cop let us go. We sat probably about twenty minutes. He, you know, he busted our balls, but he let us bounce. And I told my homeboys like, get to the gas, like, like pull over real quick, cause I had to make myself throw up, and I fucking threw up to where it didn't eat through the baggie. Like, you know what I mean? We still had powder. Mm -hmm. So this is what was going through our minds. Let's fucking swallow what we can. And if we have to, we're gonna fucking, we're gonna fucking throw this shit up. In the moment, though, when you know that there's a felony, have you ever seen the movie Blow? What 
what Johnny Depp fucking says about at the airport, that you just have to realize at any moment you're either going to get out of this mess or you're going to get caught. Like, that's what's going through your head. So, at some point, though, one of the baggies opened up my mouth. So, my mouth goes numb. So, then I take the remainder of the powder and I try to shove it down in the... If you're a guy and you've ever worn boxer briefs, you know there's that little pocket. That's where you hide your drugs. Well, they probably now know that, but at the time, that's where I hid my drugs. So, long story short, I forget about the pills because I'm more worried about the coke. And I actually totally forgot about the pills. And as soon as the guy um, started going through my like my pockets and my shit like that, boom, dude, heard, heard the old pill rattle, you know what I mean? Heard the old fucking... Shore Acres fucking mating call, you know, that little click clack in the fucking pill bottle. The guy automatically puts me handcuffs. I'm like, fuck, all right. So I got the pills on me. Well, then, so get taken to Brazoria County. And this is like, man. I found out later we were so close to getting to the beach house. We were less than 15 minutes away. It fucking, oh, it drove me crazy. But, anyways, so yeah, this picture is my mugshot. But this is like, I'm turning 18. This is prom night. And I probably got about, I don't know, man. I say I swallowed at least seven grams. Like, that's the only way I can think of it. Now, I'm not going to say pure cocaine, but I'd say, like, in the 20 baggie district, I was up like seven Gs. All individually divided, 20 baggies. But um, one of the best things about this fucking night was me and this dude are sitting in the jail cell. We're getting processed in, obviously. Um, and the cop goes, you know, we're up there and like we're at booking. So they're, you know, they're taking all of our personal property and putting it up and blah, blah, blah. And the fucking sheriff, he's like, is there anything else on you that you shouldn't have? I was like, and you know, I kind of kind of knew what he was talking about. But I was like, what now? And he's like, is there anything else? He's like, before you get taken to jail, he goes, look, man, once you get to the next station, and which is like, you know, them giving you your fucking... Them old county oranges, them old pumpkin patch fucking colors. Uh, <coughs> he's like, if we find anything else on you, he goes, that could be a totally another charge, and it's actually, and it's actually another felony because, essentially, then if you got caught in jail with drugs, you know, that's another felony by itself. So I'm like, fuck, you know, because they haven't found the coke yet. Homeboy stripped me down everything, hadn't found any coke yet that I had hidden on me, but I kind of bluffed myself out. So I start fucking, and, and man, the look on these two guys' faces, man, is like, it's priceless. That I just reach down into my junk, and I'm fucking like, I just pull out these baggies. And I'm slapping them on this fucking metal disc. Just, and I go, I probably go back in my pants like seven, like four different times. And then the finally, like, when I finally get done, the guy's like, is that everything? I'm like, yeah, that's everything, dude. He's like, where the fuck were you hiding that? And I was like, Phew. you know, and I, this is the ode to me being a smart ass. Uh, I was like, I mean, I don't know, man. You're a cop. You tell me. Uh, yeah. So just off that coke, though, the funniest thing was when I finally got out, the underwear, because when I got stripped down, they didn't check the underwear. And so right then at that moment, I was like, man, I wondered. I was like, could I let all that coke in that fucking little pocket and it still been there? And the only reason I say that is, is because when I got back out, I got all my property back. 
and those underwear there was like 220 baggies that I, that I never fully got out of the pouch they were down by like that bottom gooch area wait so you have you have this. so at one point i'm getting booked in all my personal properties on a desk mm-hmm. and then i'm about to go to the next station which is them issuing you you all your shit you know your pumpkin patch all that stuff uh and the guy's like do you have anything else on you and so I was like, and I'm looking at him, he's like, if you get caught with anything else, it's a totally different charge because now you're in a jail with said drugs. So I'm like, man. Have you said the fact that you're 17, about to be 18 on this weekend? Yeah, I think so. I think yeah. I just mentioned it. I right? just want to make sure people understand. Yeah, like I'm not even out of high school yet. And I'm like looking at two felonies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I reach down and fucking just start pulling out cocaine baggies out of that little pouch. But, dude, the look on those guys' faces is like what you just did. They're like, where the fuck? And, I mean, three different times I go down there. I'm talking about handfuls, slapping them on the hoe. To where the guy's like, where the fuck were you hiding all that? And I'm like, I mean, you're the cop, dude. You tell me. You know what I mean? Detect. You know what I mean? So, anyways, but what I found out was I didn't pull everything out because when I got home, those boxers, because when I was actually getting strip searched down, homeboy never checked my drawers. So, in my mind, I was like, Actually kept all that powder in there, because then when I could have, I would have got out, I would have been back on that, back on that grind, selling fucking jail cocaine. You know what I mean? Like, boom. Boy needs some money for that bond. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, long story short, yeah, there was like two baggies still in those underwear. So when I got back home. I was like, I think I did that coke. <laughs> I think I did. Then went out that night and did some coke with somebody. Wait, hold on, because we should set up. You, you have that that coke on you mm-hmm. in your system technically at that point oh i was saying it yeah so i think i ate about seven grams <laughs> and 20 baggies <laughs> so i called my parents because here's the fucked up part too is i gotta call my parents not to really tell them about me being in jail but because of for my birthday the next day i was gonna wake up after the prom and i was having to drive to another part of like a little small town on the coast bay cliff texas uh, shout out to Gahoolies and meet my parents there for my birthday lunch. My dad did that every year, you know, buy us lunch. So I got to call them. I'm like, your boy ain't going to make lunch. Don't even know if I'm getting out. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, so fucking when that happened, uh, brain fart, brain fart, brain fart. Yeah, man, being 17, 18, fucking looking at two felonies. So boom. I'm sitting in jail, and that night, I'm looking at my homeboy, and we're, we both got sent to the same tank. Oh, my God, dude. Uh, it is straight up the most realest shit you can ever go through is these motherfuckers send us to the most rowdiest part of the jail, of the county jail. And, like, I'm not shitting you that fucking shows and movies cannot fucking make this shit up about when you're fresh fish getting brought into a jail cell full of dudes. They take me into a room that holds 64 guys. All of them are felonies. Most of them are aggravated felonies. So we're talking about some real hard-hitting motherfuckers, dude. Again, you are 18. Yes. Like powder on you. I know I'm fucking, I know I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm solid, but these dudes were like, I knew I'd be. 6'1", 215. Yeah, yeah. But I, even then, there's like, because my fucking celly, I only know him as Freeport. He is the loudest motherfucker I've ever met in my life. 
And the only reason I know he's Freeport is because he had a massive back tattoo that said Freeport on that bitch. <laughs> it was in cursive. And I was like, I give you penmanship, dog. Like most people wouldn't have went cursive. Like that's solid. But he's like, he's that guy. Like everybody gets brought in, and he's trying to make you look like a bitch day one. And really, guardian angel on my side. The only reason that me and my homeboy Daniel did not fucking get put on that list was there was another white boy in the mix with us, and this fool. It was, I don't even know what high school he was on. He, he didn't go to my school, but their school fell on the same weekend. And he got fucking caught, barred out, passed out in the limo. They got pulled over by the cops. And this fool had a Tech 9 and then a bunch of pills and then a bunch of wheat. But he had a fresh tattoo of like some dice and some guns crossed with like, you know what I mean? Some real B rad shit. So fucking Freeport ate that shit up, dude, because he was essentially, he was like, he rolls up to everybody's like, in the morning, I'm taking your fucking breakfast. Like, that's how he's starting off. You're going to give me your fucking breakfast off the rip. So he comes to me, and I'm just like, fuck, dude. I'm thinking, like, should I hit him? There's so many times people movies tell you, like, as soon as this happens, you're supposed to just throw punch somebody, right? <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, damn, should I just hit this guy right now? And, you know what I mean? Which, I, you know, I don't even know if I would have done it, man. But, because I was so, like, I was so fucking coked out of my mind. Because even then, before we got in the car, I was doing blow all day with my homeboy. <laughs> Like, let me not even get you real. Like, while we're all getting ready to get in the car to go sell drugs, I'm fucking doing hog legs off the fucking dresser, dude. My homeboy, shout out R.I.P. Waller, he's fucking doing cocaine with his name spelt out in cursive. Andy, motherfucking Waller. That's a long name, dude. Long name. A lot of coke. Like, how my nose, how we didn't OD when I was in high school, I don't fucking know, dude. Because we were just young kids that didn't fucking realize what we were doing. Like, that was the stupid part about it. When he came to me, though... You're going to give me your fucking breakfast. Dude, I shit you not. Pull up my shirt, show off my gut. Because even at 215, I still got a little gut on me. I'm like, bro, I got to eat, dog. Like, I can't give you my food because I need it. And I made him laugh. And he's like, ha, ha, I like you. You're going to be my silly. Because <laughs> there's an empty bunk about Freeport. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like, all right, this, this could be worse or better. I don't know. Yeah. And then the white boy, he tries to act hard. Homeboy sees the fresh ink. And then he punks that dude the rest of the weekend. So shout out to that dude with the fucking rolling dice tattoo. You, you saved, saved my life a little bit. You saved yeah, 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 yeah. You, you didn't make me look like the bitch. <laughs> but yeah, so, and then I remember though, man, late at night, me and my buddy are sitting there. And I can feel the baggies busting inside my stomach. One by one. What is that feeling if you, could, if you had to describe it? Like a pressure, like almost like a pop of some type. Um, I can't fully describe it. Alright, I'm sorry. So, oh yeah, like a pressure, dude, like, like, I don't know, like a, like literally like a balloon popping, but you know it's happening inside your stomach. Like, that's like a feel, but as soon as it does it, it's like, well, I guess the only, the I guess it, cocaine, yes. so like, it's not just like something pops, you're like, oh shit, it's like right. something pops, and now you have, no, yeah, you have almost like a 20 bag, you instantly <laughs> in your bloodstream, so when that pop happened, you're like, uh, because my foot's jangling off the side like crazy and fucking, and, and the worst part was I was so coked up that I, sh like, there was no way that I could have not moved, but because my foot was moving so much and everybody's like now going to sleep because they don't bring you into like right at the end of the night. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Freeport's like, hey man, you're moving too much. And so then I'm just like this, like just fucking like a stone, dude. Like, trying not to move. 
eyes were probably fucking wide like saucers because I was fucking on it. You, you don't tell him at any point. You're like, yo, I've got it. No, dude, I was too fucking <laughs> like, I mean, at this point, I'm overwhelmed all, all of a sudden. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't want to say I come from a fucking, uh, you know, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, but I had it pretty good growing up. And so that's the thing that always throws people off is like, they look at me and they're like, dude, like, like, I didn't realize you were that gangsta, but you really don't like, you don't come like, I'm like a neighborhood gangster, bro. Like, I was one of these white kids that grew up in, like, the neighborhood, but they just wanted to run a rough life. I know that. I'm not saying I'm proud of it, but it real recognize, yeah, it just happened. Real recognize real, dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Okay. So you're, I mean, I'm not out there on the corner slaying rocks, dog, but gang, my gangsta is my gangsta. All right, but just preface, this is all happening in one night. Because then, this is all one But I'm so coked up, I don't feel like one night. I feel like I was there forever. <laughs> I was like, oh, man. Like, what's going to happen? My dad ends up bonding me out, like... The next day. The next day. Like, midday. Okay. Oh, he let you sit on it? Oh, my dad, <laughs> like, yeah. Because my old man, my family has a tradition of a get-out-of-jail-free card. You get one. And But I didn't think my dad would, because at the time, my dad was kind of pissed that I was smoking weed in high school. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? But, like, that was the thing is, like, most of my dad's fucking family, they're all potheads. You know what I mean? But, like, at one point in high school, my dad and me would argue because he thought at first I was doing harder drugs. Because, like, this time. Which you were. Well, no, no, no. So, like, when me and my dad first got into it, I was really only a stoner. And I was selling weed. But I was, like, this is, like, sophomore, junior year when me and my dad first had issues. But that was because when he was going to work. The shit that was popping off in fucking early 2000s in high school was motherfuckers were eating ecstasy. Like, all the time. So my dad's at, at, at work, and his homeboy's like, Hey, man, my kid's the same age as your kid, and this motherfucker's rolling every goddamn day. I, I'm catching him eating ecstasy. You need to watch out, Bowerman. So my dad's, like, coming home with the hoe-ass fucking pamphlets from work. Like, is your kid on X? And he's, like, questioning me. He's like, because one time he, he caught me on shrooms and my eyes were dilated like motherfuckers like are you on the x i'm like what are you talking about i'm on tripping you're like what the fuck are you that on the x like are you on are you on the line i'm online no you're on the line it was one of those moments so i blew up on my dad i was like look man i'm fucking tired of telling you shit i don't do any drugs but i smoke weed son like mad fucking like blunts dog blunts for days and my dad just probably was more pissed of like that upfront rawness but that's that's my. You couldn't digest the information. You're like, dude, I'm not doing drugs. I'm fucking blazing, son. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> but that's the setup for you and your dad's dad. Yes. Dynamic right before. So, but when I made the yeah, because when I made the call, I honestly thought that when my dad found out that I got caught with cocaine, that he wouldn't bomb me out. That was like that was what was running through my head the whole time, and I wasn't like waiting on my parents to get me out of trouble because that's what I told them on the phone. I was like, I'm not. I'm not asking for your help. I'm just letting you know I'm not going to fucking make it for my birthday lunch tomorrow because I'm going to be hemmed up on this felony. You know what I mean? And so <laughs> he bonds me out. And then I get in the car, and he's just like, this is how it's going to fuck be. You're grounded right off the rip. And I'm like, and I'm like 18 so I'm like, I can't remember the last time I got grounded. That's what really threw me off. But when was the last time I was like grounded? I was like, like 11. I, wa- I walked into prison as a boy. I'm out as a man. Yeah, yeah, Dad. <laughs> Hold up on these streets, son. These streets, dog. I ain't grounded. So it's an awkward ride from <laughs> prison to home. Yeah. Jail to home. Right? J- yeah, county jail to home. Yeah. Where he's just chewing my ass out. Blah, blah, blah. But of course, solid parents from the South. What are they going to do when you get out? They take you somewhere to get a good meal. So we ate at some fucking family-owned, like, fucking kitchen or some shit like that, Angleton. 
but yeah, I went home. And then for a while, because that happened, I didn't go back to court and sign for my time until a year and a half later. And uh, it actually was on Valentine's Day. It was a year later on Valentine's Day. Uh, or, you know, wait, less than a year. I'm sorry. Because it'd be in May. Uh, yeah. Signed for seven years of deferred adjudication. So you get off. You're carrying weight. Well, yeah. What was the maximum you could have gotten? Well, that's a weird thing. That's how state Texas is. Because if you look on the fucking records on here, this is so fucked up. This is a system, dude. The paperwork on my bond paper was showing each charge could carry a two to 99 year sentence. Now, honestly, because of they try to say, well, you know, somebody get busted with a 20 or somebody get busted with kilos is different, right? But I mean, even then, let's just be honest, like 99 years is a fucking long time. Like, you know what I mean? There's whole ass dudes in, in Texas that are like stabbing fools at fucking the gas station and they're catching a 20 piece. And they're like, oh, I run with it. Yeah, I stabbed that motherfucker a bunch of times. He's a hoe. <laughs> but yeah, so and so and then at one point I tried to see because that's what long it took a year because I got my my dad helped, I I found a lawyer biggest piece of shit in Missouri County Stan you go fuck yourself <laughs> you I'm I, yeah, uh, yeah I can he's probably dead old ass motherfucker but you ain't even getting your money back he fucked me dog but I found out because in in Missouri County this certain lawyer anyways but fuck that guy uh. But I had found out years later when I was back in jail that if you were a fucking drug dealer in Missouri County, Stan was the lawyer. Like, he got motherfuckers off. But what happened was, and I found this out from a good friend of mine who was down there who used to fucking, who got caught cooking meth. And uh, old JD, I won't say his name because that fool scares me. He's a fucking gangsta ass motherfucker. But his buddy got, had Stan locked down. Like, he cooked meth. So he would just pay Stan McGee like, look, bro, I'm not going to lie to you. I fucking do this shit. I live that fucking lifestyle, and I need to know that you can get me off these charges or at least back on the street so I can make more money. So Stan McGee essentially got me my seven years, and, like, at the same time I was doing that shit, his homeboy got busted with a bunch of fucking meth in his car. So essentially the way my partner told me, he's like, really talk? He goes, the reason you got that seven years is Stan McGee fucking offered you up to the DA to get his other fucking, his recurring client a better deal. Because at that time, I, I had a rough pass, but I've never been in trouble. Yeah. So really, I think if I would have had a decent lawyer, or maybe if I would have been, especially in Houston, because Missouri County, when the fucking judge gave me my, uh, the bond, he's like, we don't like drug dealers in Missouri County. He's all fucking dressed up like a fucking farmer. And I was like, oh, dude. Like, I wish I would have got busted in Houston. I think it would have got my summons easier. I think maybe I would have got, like, three years of probation. Whatever. I don't know. But that's – because every county's different. You just don't know. Yeah, for sure. You know? So, uh, yeah. So, I kept telling this guy because here was the thing. I would argue with this motherfucking lawyer all the time because he was like – he kept trying to tell me that I got arrested by a Missouri County Sheriff. And I get irate. I'm like, it was a fucking state trooper, dog. And he's like, are you sure? I'm like, bitch, I fucking know the difference, dog. I was like, if I'm paying you almost fucking seven grand, you should fucking know the, that I'm right on who the fuck is. You know what I mean? Who pulled me over? Yeah, you remembered your first arrest. Shit, I remember my first felony. You got him right about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, people, like, like, entrepreneurs remember the first million they made. I remember my first felony, dog, to a T. I can tell you the exact route I went, what I fucking got to drink at the Bucky's at 518 right before I got arrested. Anyways, but long story short, 
get too late. <laughs> no, yeah. So homeboys, I'm th- I'm thinking like, what's up? He's like, look, you get seven years probation. And I was like, that's in a my- long time. You're 18. Yes. No, for sure. And this is like, yeah. Probation until 25. Yeah. 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 And, but my dad though, he helped me out. Get the lawyer at first. I paid him back the first two thousand that we paid that guy because I still owe Stan McGee fifteen hundred. He can go fuck himself though. Um, but my dad's like, I don't want you to go to prison. He goes, I know seven years sucks, but I don't want you to go to prison. I was like, all right. Fuck because it. your dad thinks this is an awakening for you. Mm-hmm. You're eighteen. You've just gotten popped with a felony. This is going to be your uh, scared straight moment. You've been in prison for a day. <sighs> Well, at this time, too, like, my 16 to 18 years, I was kind of wild at the house. Like, I was beating the fuck out of my brother up a lot. Like, my mom and dad were not fuck. I mean, I wasn't, that's what I'm saying. When I got busted, I wasn't even living with my parents at the time. But, uh. Maybe he recognizes that. It's like, the road you could have gone down on is. Oh, years later, he asked me. He's like, if you wouldn't have got caught, do you think it would have been better or worse? I was like, oh, much worse. Because if I would have got down to prom and fucking had that. Because that was my, that would have been my third successful attempt at selling cocaine i've already like at that time i'd already sold two ounces in the hustle and bustle day-to-day life of pasadena but if i would have came back from that bitch i would have come back with more money to where i probably would end up getting more because like i was meeting the right kind of connections but anyways yeah yeah, i told my dad i was like oh much worse much worse (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so anyways i signed for that time and they're like look you're gonna go. You're gonna go across street to this building. You're gonna fucking take this test. You're gonna hang around and blah 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 all this shit. And so like you go in the room with all. I mean all these people that fucking just got signed for time as well with you, and different courts and all that shit. And it's a probation officer they send you to. Cause in Angleton, Texas, it's still a really small town. So whatever. So they take this test to fucking a find out if you're a dumbass. It's literally like a like a fucking just. I don't know. Some basic ass test, like I guess you can see if you can read or write. Um, and then they tell you, do the hard facts. Like, here's how much money you just wasted on your life. You got to pay fifty bucks every two weeks. And then I'm sitting there thinking, like, fuck, that's seven years. So I'm like, a hundred bucks a month, fifty-two hundred a year. Times seven, like that's a grip right there. Just in paying probation fees. So just in probation fees, just in probation fees, thirty six grand, four hundred dollars. So that's off the rip. They're telling you that day one. This is what you're gonna have to do. I'm like fuck, dude. And then the funniest thing was they were telling us the basic rules of probation, and like the whole idea of how probation is, is that probation was thought of as. They find something in somebody to where you don't deserve to go to prison because you're a decent individual. And it's the job of the probation officer to supervise you in becoming a productive member of society. Okay. That's the horse shit they push you down in your fucking voice day one. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, hey, I'm saying this with grand salt, but that's the fucking thing they tell you. And the funniest thing that happened was there's this guy in there. Late 30s. He's on his third DWI. He's doing like three-year probation. And they're telling you the ins and outs, what you can and cannot do. Like, you know, all the, all the basic rules. Like the basic rules of probation. He's like, so you're saying I can't drink in my house? She's like, no, you're on probation. He's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm on probation because drinking and driving. 
He's like, I didn't know that probation, like, I can't even drink in my own house. This is America, ain't it? Like, he's on that shit. I'm like, yes. Yes, dude. Like, yes, you are in America. Because only in America, I think you would hear an answer like that. Well, you say I can't drink on my couch. Like, have you ever heard of my wife? She's a fucking bitch. You're taking my freedoms, man. So, yeah. So, I meet my P.O., I don't even know if I can say his name, but I don't think you give a shit, but whatever. So the first thing he asked me is, do you want to go to prison? And I'm like, this is a trick question. And I'm like, no. He's like, all right, well, it's my job to keep you out of prison. And I need you to help me. All right. Boom, that sets it up. So, uh... Meeting this PO of mine, like, essentially he sets me up on the path of, like, all right, here's what you got to do, blah, 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 you know, get, you got to start doing community service, um, all this other shit. And my first piss test, he gives me, is right there. And he's like, this was the first moment that we had, like, he had to figure out if he could trust me on anything. Because he's like, look, this is your first piss test. If you tell me right now everything that's on you, like he's like there's he goes there's nothing against it but like if you're dirty I need like just tell me now well that's the thing that happened in '04 and then I signed that time in February of, of the next year but it had been nine months roughly okay yeah but so those nine months I was partying fucking hard dude because <laughs> I I knew I wasn't gonna pro- I thought I was like I'm gonna be on probation for sure I knew I kind of knew that I didn't know the extent of how long but I was like all right well, fuck it I'm gonna get it out of my system. But that's really all it was, I thought. I was like, all right, let's get this out of my system. You know, whatever. Be a good boy for a couple of years. All this good stuff. So, anyways, the guy's like, I was like, man, to be honest with you? He's like, yeah, I want you to be honest with me. I was like, there's going to be weed in my system. He's like, okay, nothing else. I said, like, no, nothing else, man. All right. When's the last time you just, you know, whatever. When's the last time you did it? I was like, you want to be honest about that? He's like, yeah, I want you to be honest with me. I was like, I was like, court was at noon. I was like, about nine thirty this morning. <laughs> he goes, he goes. Hold on, what? I was like, about nine thirty in the a.m. I got fucking ripped, dog. <laughs> two two blunts to the head. <laughs> and that's the funniest part about that morning was my mom took me to court, and I woke up real early before she woke up. And I was outside burning, and she walked out on me. She's like, and so she's kind of like, I'm baby boy, so really my mom's mad at me, but I could almost get away from her. She's like, are you seriously doing this right before you go to court? I'm like, Mom. I was like, they're going to put me on probation. I'm getting this out of my system. There's no reason to hold on to weed for this long. I was like, just do me a favor. Can you make me some pancakes? I'm high as balls right now. <laughs> so Mom makes me some pancakes and eggs. Oh, but yeah, so the P.O.'s like, so you smoke. I was like, yeah, I smoked two blunts right before I came to court. He's like, why? And I was like, because I knew you were going to put me on probation. And I was like, I'm just trying to get out of my system. He's like, all right, fuck, dude. He's like, all right, piss in the cup. Like, fast forward, like, fast forward, like, a week later, he's like, wow. He goes, all right, so I know you're honest. You know, because my thing is, like, I'm one of the guys that when I get in trouble, I usually don't lie. Like, once I'm busted, I'm like, hey, look, I did this shit. Like, I'm going to be real with you. So, anyways, I got to do a bunch of these classes. Well, for some reason, I had to do this fucking alcohol kind of class, alcohol awareness class, which I didn't understand, but whatever. So it's in Angleton. Homeboy sets me up on this date. At the time, I'm working, because when I got the felony, my dad's like, hey, 
you might not ever want to work in the plants, but now you got to make some money. So I started working in the plants right out of high school. Uh, so that whole nine months, I'm just working, 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 making making good money. Yeah, because you're 18. Yeah. I was making, you're, yeah. You're not living at home, right? Oh, after I got in trouble, yeah, that was part of the, that was part of the, yeah, I, like, well, that was part of the bond. I had to be with the people, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. So, anyways, so, yeah, and my parents ain't really making me pay bills. I'm making about 18 bucks an hour. I'm 18. You know, living good. Um, and on top of that, you know, just to you know, run back, you got busted for drugs, but you have to sign up for an alcoholic awareness course. Course. That's yeah. So you're 18, yeah. So like you're, yeah. In your mind, you're like, leave it. I'm not supposed to do this anyway. But yeah. So, anyways, <laughs> so the one day I have to do this class, I tell my boss like, "Hey, I gotta leave a little early." He's friends with my dad, so he's like, "All right, you're good. I got you." Well, from where I was working at to get to Angleton, eh, roughly about an hour and fifteen on the drive. Why is it so far away? Why couldn't they put something closer to your? So place? I was originally trying to see if I could get transferred to Harris County, mm-hmm. but like Brazoria County, like they don't like doing that too much. Okay. Only like on certain uh, circumstances, or if you live really far away, okay. like for them to go county to county wasn't a big deal. I don't really know what I'm doing. Someone's like, you know what? Fuck it, man. I was like, I'm gonna grab me a little beer for the road. I did a roadie. <laughs> so this iron fit. To, to, to set up, also, are you aware of what you're about to walk into? Alcohol awareness? No, not really. <laughs> and then maybe this guy just tuned him out. He probably told me straight up. Um, I'm sure he told you. I feel like what it was is like I just you, I zoned out. You zoned out completely. Yeah, I was like, whatever you want me to do, man. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I was that guy. Yeah, probably. I could I could see that. So, but I'm here's what I'm thinking though, man. I'm like, I can get. I kill that beer in about 20 minutes. You know what I mean? A little 24 ouncer, driving the truck. Beautiful day outside. Whatever. And then I get to Angleton, blah, blah, blah. whole hour, 15 goes by, like I said. Guy lets us in. This and that. So we're sitting in this room. Homeboy shows up. He's like, before we start this class, he goes, we got a little pop quiz. He goes, I want everybody to go stand out in the hallway. So you all get out of this little room, go stand in this hallway. And he comes out there with a breathalyzer. He's like, Everybody's got to blow in this motherfucker before the class starts. He starts on the other end. <laughs> you just polished off a 24 hour. Yeah, like roughly about an hour ago. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I was like, all right, I could, I could be good. Like, you know, big guy, only a 24 ounce, yada, yada, yada. Guy gets down to me. I'm like the last person. Everybody is good, by the way. N- nobody else <laughs> did this happen to but me. So... Uh, yeah, blow, it hits. It, oh, that's what he said, too. He said, that was the good news, bad news. The good news is, he goes, you're legally able to drive. <laughs> so that's how low it was. Like I was almost on the threshold of it not being in my system more. Bad news is, he goes, I can't let you in this class because you're drunk. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. And he goes, all right, you got 24 hours to tell your PO, or I'm going to tell him. He goes, it'll probably sound better coming from you. I don't know. So I'm like, all right, cool, man. So then I go. And he, and he tells you, I made it to class on time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Like I got there, dude. Got there, but I didn't get in. Yeah. Um. You know, yeah. Then I like, and I remember too, was like going home, and then like my mom and dad are like, "Did you go to that class?" I'm like, "Yeah." I didn't tell them nothing else. So like, yeah, I got there. So anyways, yeah, I called PO, and I'm just like, you know, I already knew it was like it's not gonna sound good either way. So I just cut through the bullshit. I'm like, hey man. 
I fucked up and I I kind of I kind of drank a twenty four on the way up there, and then homeboy's like, "What the fuck?" He goes, "What do you mean you kind of drank a twenty four? I was like, "All right, let me rephrase that." He was like, "I drank a twenty four. So he's all pissed off. He's like, "Dude, you haven't even been on probation like a full month yet." Like, what the fuck? And blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you obviously don't want to fucking not be out here in these streets. And yada, yada, yada. And I don't know. I probably zoned out on that one, too. Um, he hangs up the phone on me. And uh, uh, he called me back. And he's like, all right, man. He goes, this is how it's going to go. He goes, I'm signing you up for this outpatient fucking treatment program. Because this is the only way now that I can keep you on the streets. Because you have flagged now for a fucking, uh, you know, like blowing into a breathalyzer. This is the first class, first day. You're like, you immediately failed. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Pop quiz, you failed. So I was like, all right. So and so he's like, all right, yeah, I go to this place and Alvin and blah blah. blah. And so I go to this place. It's run by this fucking weird lady, who is in the fucking program of 27 years of being an alcoholic. But recovery. Oh, a recovering alcoholic, whatever, you know. I don't know. She could be on the ball right now for all we know. Um, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, and so this lady, I mean, the first day I met her, like, I don't know, like, because, see, that's another thing, too, is probation worked for me in a sense that all the times I fucked up, I believe the gift of gab. Like, I talked myself out of a lot of trouble. Like, I know that. So when I finally got, like, hit with it, I was like, Shh. you know, I finally hit snake eyes. You know what I mean? I get that now. But I go there, and I have this, like, meeting with this lady, and I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm on probation, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, this happened. She's like, okay. She's like, do you think you have a problem? I'm like, I was like, do I think I make bad choices at bad times? Yes. Do I think I actually have a problem? No. She's like, okay. That's cool. So she's like, all right, three days a week. Six to fucking, it was six to nine. Yeah, I go to these classes. I was like, all right, cool. Well, the first problem that we hit is the same issue with the fucking other class. Like, I had about an hour to get there, and if traffic's optimal, it's like an hour. So I would always push, but then... Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd always almost be late. So she would always be like, you can't come. You can't come into the class. You're too late. So the next time I have a meeting with her, just one-on-one... I'm like, this is the only job I can do, or this is the job I have. This is the requirements. Like, I'm not showing Blake because I don't give a fuck. It's just this is how it's happening. She goes, okay, I'll bend the rules for you a little bit. Which she's like, I don't like doing that. Whatever. But then when I'm in that class, like every time that this fucking lady would tell us some shit, like I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Like I didn't think, I felt like there was, I felt like what they were saying could help somebody at that time in their life. But here's the thing too is. It's weird for you to be 18, and the reason you're in here is because you're just making bad choices. But then they're just, like, crammed down your throat. Like, you just need to tell yourself you have a problem. Like, and th- that's how I felt all the time. That's why I was just like, don't me wrong. There's people out there that have a drink problem. There's people out there that have a drug problem. I know that. I've seen these people. But then it's like, I feel like fucking homeboy and half-baked. Like, what are you in here for? Like, weed? He's like, weed? Like, I suck dick for cocaine, dog. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't do that. You know what I mean? I just, my dumb ass drank a beer before I went to a class. Yeah. Like, type shit. <laughs> yeah, so, I, cause, yeah. Because you're setting up. Yeah. I call, yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. But that's not what the lady was feeling. So, I don't know. We always have to fucking, like, somehow on every lesson, like, 
it came around to her being a fucking drunk in Vermont. Which I don't remember, like, I guess if you live in the city, like, is, is that a city or is that a state? Okay, well, the state of Vermont must have a lot of alcoholics, I guess. I mean, it must have depressing-ass weather. I don't know. Yeah, it's up in the north. It's a bunch of trees around there. You ain't got nothing to do. But get hammered, apparently. Yeah, bitch. Yeah. yeah, like this lady. <laughs> Many a times I was kicked out of this class for speaking my mind, and usually speaking my mind just rolled around that I didn't agree with what she said. I've been called an asshole because of telling people what's on my mind. This was that situation. So I kept getting kicked out of classes, man. And, uh, you know, I get kicked out. And my sister, my PO was like, you can't get off probation until you finish one of these classes. I was like, oh, fuck. All right. So then I'm like, all right, I just got to try my best. Go into class one day. It's about to start a class. She goes in there. She pulls three people out. Hey, we're doing a random drug test. I'm one of the three. I do a drug test with her, and she's like, hey, you got cocaine and Xanax in your system. I'm like, fuck. Which I knew. I mean, it wasn't a shocker to me, but I'm just like, you know, you're always playing all stupid in front of people. Like, oh, fuck, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> wow. Shocker. But, uh, yeah, so she's like, um, we don't allow people who are have drugs in their system to be in the class. So I'm going to have to ask you to leave. Like, same thing again. My motherfucker, dude. And the same shit. 24 hours. Tell your P.O. <laughs> like god damn so yeah uh <laughs> how far along into you like your probation is seven years by this time by this time with that class i was about 18 months in probation okay um yeah 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 about a year and a half so anyways uh, called p.o man just, <laughs> like there's no bullshit this, in this, this stuff. is the second time you've had to make this call. yeah the second time i've had to make this call i'm like hey look so that lady told me i can't be in there uh, that class right now. He's like, why? And I was like, so, I was like, I fucked up and I failed a drug test. He's like, what the fuck? And I was like, yeah, I know. <laughs> he's like, what for? And I was like, cocaine Xanax. And he's off, starts blowing up on the phone, yada, yada, yada. He's like, isn't that the same shit you're on right now? Like, isn't that why you're on probation? And I like, I had to, I had to clarify. I was like, actually, uh, I got, <laughs> that's yeah. the moment you chose to clarify with your PO. Like, yeah, you know, if, well, if you're gonna drop names, it's like, well, technically. Technically, it wasn't Xanax. It was a tranquilizer called Tetrazone. <laughs> but yes, uh, I'm on probation for controlled substance. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so this motherfucker again hangs up the phone on me, <laughs> which is like the worst <laughs> feeling in the world. You're like, like you're like, should I start looking out the windows for the cops to come? Like you know type of thing. Anyways, he calls me back. He's like, once you come in here Monday morning. And he goes, before you come in here, he goes, I want a fucking, what did he say? A 2,000-word essay on why I shouldn't throw your ass in jail. And it better be fucking good. I was and like, yeah, oh. this is 2004. Like, personal yeah. computers are not no, where yeah. they're at right like, now. Yeah, I'd like go to a library and type it out. You typed it out? Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I, I was a school you kid. You write it out? Well, I mean, I wrote it out at some point. But, I mean, you know, like, that's, that's the thing with me. Like, when I write papers, like, I can only write so much. And I'm just like, dude, I just need to get in there and start doing it. Like, get it done. So anyways, whatever. Deliver the shit to him. Uh, well, hold on. Do you remember what the context was? What did you write in there? Oh, fuck, dude. I have no idea. I think I bullshitted for about 2,000 <laughs> words, dude. Like, I think I just like, you know, like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so homeboy's like, all right, man. He goes, here's what's going to happen. Uh, he's like, so you can't be in that program for like 90 days after this shit. So he's like, 
I'm going to send you to another class. <laughs> it's the third class. <laughs> I send you. He's like, I really don't want to deal with you. I'm just going to send you somewhere else. We're yeah. going to have a clean slate. Please don't fuck this yeah. up. Yeah. And so this one was a little more left, like laid back. And it was like every Saturday for like six weeks or something like that. 12 weeks. I can't remember. 12 weeks, I think. 10 weeks. Every Saturday for 10 weeks. And uh, it was run by this uh, nice old lady old guy couple married couple they were both in the program um <laughs> and i mean i don't know it was, it was whatever it was easy at class it sucked sometimes it was on saturdays like at noon but you know hey you're on probation what are you gonna do um so but because of that i'll say this too when i got on probation because i couldn't do drugs no more or like smoke weed that was really my big thing because i couldn't smoke weed anymore like i started drinking a lot more like, that's the only thing I realize now. Because leading up to me getting in trouble, I wasn't a big drinker in high school. My All my family was, but that was the thing, though, is growing up, seeing people get too fucked up wasn't my thing. I like smoking weed and hanging out and all that shit. But being on probation, obviously you can't do that unless you want to run a risk of, you know, not, not doing it or whatever. I don't know. Run the risk of getting in trouble. I started drinking a lot more. Because... Um, the whole seven years I'm on probation, I'm still drinking. Well, anyways, uh, a lot of flowers. <laughs> yeah, my floors knows me well. Yeah, uh, yeah. So my problem with that class was I I'm an idiot, dude. This whole time I'm on probation because what was happening was I was usually going out Friday night. Actually, really Thursday because. When I was working construction, at that time, I was working a, a maintenance schedule, which was four days, four tens. So 40-hour weeks, guaranteed. Every once in a while, I get a little bit of overtime. But I really didn't want to because I made enough money already. <coughs> but when you work a four ten schedule, Thursday is your payday, right? They don't want to pay you on Friday because this is also back then. I mean, direct deposit is a thing, but in the construction field, a lot of people didn't want direct deposit. You know what I mean? The motherfucker wanted a check in his hand. So Thursday, lunchtime rolls around, you're getting your check hand out to you for your 40. Well, so in Pasadena, if you grow up Pasadena, you grew up around a plant town. If Thursday's your payday, it's popping off, dude. Like everybody, like everybody's <laughs> cashing. Like you're going home, you're cashing your check, you're taking a shower, you're gonna go meet your homeboy somewhere, like eat, then you're gonna go out and have drinks. I mean, it's one of those nights. Now, being on probation, you shouldn't be doing none of that. <laughs> But I'm a hard-headed motherfucker. I don't listen. So I was still partying. And because me not being able to smoke weed now, I was drinking a lot more. And so usually what would happen was I would try to be civil and be like, all right, look, I'll get faded Thursday, right? And then I'll have Friday off, and I'll try to be casual about Friday because I know I'm going to have to go to this class Saturday. And then Sunday, then maybe Saturday night, I go hard and have Sunday off and then start work Monday. It was a good schedule. It worked for me. But every once in a while, you start partying with real cats, and they're like, we had so much fun Thursday night, Russ, you want to do it again Friday? And I'm like, yeah. And then what happens? I wake up in my car and realize i got to be at that class in about an hour. So one of those times. Wait, how often was this happening? Well, that, the, it really only happened like three times, but that's the thing is. But that was the thing. Is like, I mean, it was in a ten-week period because these classes were every Saturday for ten weeks. So it was Wait, like. So three out of ten. Yeah, so three out of ten. You know, 
it's not, it's not bad odds, right? That's a third of the time I was fucking. One out of three. If you went to Vegas, you know, one out of three, you may win this. Yeah, it's, you're taking those odds. Yeah, I take those odds all day. So you're just like, fuck it. I'm yeah, I'm really playing it rough and at rough and on the corner. Uh, but yeah, so one of those times though was, you know, the people were making us watch some bullshit ass movie from like the fucking eighties. It was a, it was that famous fucking football star that was like turned into a crackhead, not LT. There was a guy that played for the, at one point, played for the Oilers. I can't remember his name now. Anyways, he's got his own thing. Blah, blah, stupid ass shit. Yeah, I mean, dude's real, but whatever. It's a dumbass movie. Uh, it's, well, it's like him standing in a fucking arena, and there's like somebody's recording him. He's like, yeah, so I used to smoke crack, and then I'd go out in the field, and I'd fall asleep in the middle of fucking warm-ups. I'm like, ah, what does this have to do with anything? Like, that's my whole thing was like, this is not curved toward people. Like, you know, what? Like, it's an Orlando. It wasn't Earl Campbell. It wasn't Earl it wasn't, Campbell. It wasn't Warren Moon. No, it wasn't it Warren Moon. It wasn't Ruth Matthews. No, it wasn't Bruce Matthews. Like, those are the only stars that I know off the top of my head. No, yeah, for sure. Well, he wasn't an oiler for a long time because he was an oiler. Because of the crack? Yeah. And it, no, it, <laughs> you know, like, essentially he says that. Like, hit, like he went from, how did he go, oiler? Did he get traded, I think, to the Cowboys? And then from the Cowboys to the Niners. And then after the Niners, they were just like, you know, by this time, he's like mid-80s. So he's full-blown fucking smoking crack. And they're just like, you're not that good of a football player. You know what I mean? For us to do your shit. Um, whatever, but this dude in the back of the class. All right, I'm sorry. I'll try to figure out what it's called. I'll try to figure out the guy's name. Anyways, but this guy is next to me in class, and he's like, you reek of booze, dude. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, I'm just, he goes, I'm not hating on him. He's like, we're both in probation. He goes, but real talk, he's like, you smell like a fucking bum that's been drinking booze farm all day. I think we should also set up the, uh, the attire that you're in. That's the next time. This time, yeah, the, the, the next time I got, I sh- the third time I showed up drunk there was the attire situation. Oh, God. This time it was just me in there. Okay. So I was like, yeah, man, whatever, dude. Just fucking, it is what it is. So week five of the 10-week program, there's a midday party. Like, there's a midweek party. Like, they're like, oh, you know, hey, we're halfway through the program. We bought y'all some fucking fruit punch, some cookies, blah, 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 sobriety. You know, all this shit. Well, I got hammered the night before. I mean, me and my my homeboy took me out to some club. I got so fucked up, I can't remember anything. But I remember waking up in my room, and I'm still wearing the clothes from the night before. And I look at my and my head's hurting. My nose is all fucking clogged up from doing some cocaine. Just a rough and rowdy Friday night in Houston, Texas. Your typical Friday night. Yeah. Um... And I look at my clock and I'm like, oh fuck, I gotta be in Alvin like 45 minutes. Boom. Wait, so wait, you recognize it's a Saturday. What was you thinking though? Would you did you think forget a day or? No, 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 no. I just I knew the next day. Like when I was partying Friday, I knew I had that class the next day. I didn't realize that they were gonna make a big deal of it being like halfway through the program. You know what I mean? Other then, but at the same time, I start off that night like, don't go too hard in the paint. <laughs> and what I do. I mind James Harden. I went hard in the paint. First of all, that's the worst advice ever. I think that's the worst phrase ever. Don't go hard in the paint because your instinct is to go hard in the paint. No, for sure. That's like if I tell you not to think about elephants, what are you going to think about? Yeah, I'm thinking about one right now. <laughs> well, yeah. Nah, for sure. But Hey, no, this is a flawed system. I get that. Like, this is also me when I'm like 19, 20, not really thinking about you know what's the best interest of my life. You know. But anyways, long story short, I don't even think about changing. I just get in my car. Haul ass to Alvin. Get there. Realize. Mid, midweek party. 
And oh, by the way, my PO is in some fucking recovery with these fucking married couple. So he's there. He's like the keynote fucking speaker of the party. Like, hey, right, Lincoln. And he tells us his story. He tells me the whole eight-minute rule. Well, no, that was, a, yeah, that was another story. But he told me an eight-minute rule. If you shoot heroin, you know what I mean by eight minutes. But whatever. No, I, you can't say that. You can't say that for what? people who have not done heroin like me. No, I know. I haven't done heroin. Yeah. What's the eight-minute rule? All right, so essentially, because my PO was a recovering heroin addict, he told me he was trying to kill himself one time. New Year's of the year. New Year's Eve. 85, 86, I can't remember now. But he was shooting up twice as much dope as he was usually doing, and he was staring at a clock. And I asked him the significance of staring at the clock. And he said, when you're shooting heroin, if you don't overdose in the first eight minutes, you, you won't. So what happened was, when eight minutes passed after he shot up, if he's, he's still alive, he was making another batch. He spent his New Year's Eve in a fucking trailer just shooting up dope trying to kill himself. But he never died. So he's like, that's the eight minute rule. That's how I, you know, and and, and if if you if you're recovering heroin addict and I'm talking a bunch of shit, then send me a message and then we can clarify this. But this is what this guy told me. Whatever. But there's yeah. yeah so, there's, so anyway, your PO is speaking at this event. Yeah. That in the middle of July, I think. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like summertime. Yeah. And what I was wearing at the club night four. <laughs> It's 2005. Yeah. I want to say. Yeah, yeah. We're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Houston, Texas, so 05. Boom, yes. And Ron is still a thing, maybe? Maybe. Almost on the outs, maybe. But, you know, you're yeah. from. Yeah, clubs are, like, still a thing. Yeah. So you're dressed to the nines. Got some DC loafers, white patent leather dog. <laughs> I got all black dicky pants, starched up. Like, them hoes can stand up by themselves. Got so much starch in that bitch. <laughs> And I'm wearing this fucking long sleeve black pearl snap shirt with silver foily lines, pinstripes. And like, if I walked across the fucking dance floor at club that night, strobe light hit me, I'd be throwing you off like, whoa, this dude's moving. So first thing happens is I get out of my car and I realize my PO's there. And like, so we're all waiting to get in this building. I'm like, fuck. So I got my sunglasses on. I'm smoking. Sunglasses on. It's the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah, it's the middle of the day. But I'm outside, though. Not in the building. We're still outside waiting. So I'm like, I don't even want him to come up and talk What's to your me. Hair game? Oh, at the time, I was rolling nothing but tight fades. <laughs> uh, I was usually keep it like a. I do a high taper fade, two on top, zero on the bottom. <laughs> so you look like you're about to. Oh, yeah. Tracks. Yeah, yeah. Well, fuck yeah. Because that's what happens. He's like, Byron, what the fuck are you wearing? And I'm like, you pull up, you're yeah. thinking like no one's gonna know. Nobody's like, gonna notice, yeah, yeah. And if anything, I could have been like, oh, I, we were having that party, so I thought I was gonna dress up a little bit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like nobody told me, right? It's like casual attire at the party. But anyways, yeah. So he, I'm just like, yeah, man, just like, no, shit, bro, that's how I dress, dog. Out in the when I'm not working, bro, that's how I dress out here in these streets, though. Like, don't knock on my hustle, my style, my sense, whatever. But then I actually think too. I think I bullshitted him like, oh, after this, I'm going to go meet my family. Like, I was trying to make an excuse up. Um, <laughs> oh, man, that was the fucking thing. He fucking calls my bullshit card before the end of the class. And he's like, you know what? He goes, I'm going to think about this. Because I'm going to think about if I want to send you to jail. He's like, you know, he's like, cause, and that was the thing. Like, he tried to bluff me and saying, if I gave you a drug test right now, would you fucking pass? I'm like, for sure. Flying colors. Flying on my ass. But that's the only thing you can do with the situation. 
So he's like, all right, well, I'm going to piss test you when you, go to, when you come see me next. But then he uses me as an example to everybody else in the class. But he does it in an anonymous way. So he tells everybody my struggle. He tells them about the fell in the breathalyzer, right? Three weeks in. Then he tells them about getting kicked out of the other program for fucking fell in the drug test. And then he tells them, I'm pretty sure he's drunk right now. And so then he tells all these people in the class who are in the program on probation, like, what would you do if you were his PO? So everybody suck ass into the fucking probation officer. Like, oh, I'd send him to jail, 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 jail. And it comes around to me, and I'm like, hey, man, I mean, you know, case by case, he could be a good guy. You know, maybe you give him another shot. And I'm trying to sell it. So I realized one thing. Well, I now realize one thing is that my life's so fucking epic. I don't like to toot my own horn. But there's no way we could fit, I mean, this is almost 10 years. This is a decade of information in an hour. So we're going to split up this episode into three episodes. Um, this would then be the part of end of part one. So we're going to roll into part two. Really focus, not just on one part, but really on everything, all right? I mean, this is it. It's like a trilogy. I mean, like, you can't say, oh, I, I didn't read the first book of, you know, of Lord of the Rings, you know, because, you know, it really, it sets the base. You want a good base. Without a good base, it just falls apart. So look out for part two.